What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we also have John Kegley on today's show, one of the original founding members of the Locked On Chargers podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. Right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to stop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, Slam Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live which is airing weekly on Facebook, and now this is our third season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, a very, very tough loss over the weekend for the Chargers against the Carolina Panthers at home. So much to talk about from that game, and thank you to everyone who's checking us out for the first time and all of our loyal listeners for coming back and listening again. But so much to get into on today's show. In the second segment, we're going to be getting into a recap of the game. So many different plays to talk about, especially you know, even the trick play at the end of the game. The turnovers, all the bad, all of that stuff before wrapping up the show with what went wrong and what went right in Sunday's game against the Carolina Panthers. But we're going to be starting with just our general first thoughts on this weekend's game. How close the Chargers came to coming back and talk about some of the individual performers that stood out for the Chargers over the weekend. But let's go ahead and get into it. The Los Angeles Chargers lost 21-16 to over the weekend to the Carolina Panthers, and they were close to coming back but could not seal the deal. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked on Chargers lead story. The Los Angeles Chargers didn't do themselves any favors on Sunday going down against the Carolina Panthers 21-16 to and they had a furious comeback at the end of the game but came up just short of what would have been a miracle touchdown at the end by them but the Chargers really got in their own way all day. A lot of self-inflicted wounds are really what ended up coming back to haunt them in this game. Justin Herbert has a big-time rookie mistake, but almost leads the Chargers back to the promised land. The Carolina Panthers didn't do anything special against the Chargers, David, but the Chargers ended up really just beating themselves. Daniel, it's really hard to win football games when you turn the ball over four times. I mean, I'm sure Anthony Lynn was absolutely pulling his hair out, or he would pull his hair out if he had any hair left on his head. It definitely hampered the Chargers all afternoon long. It ended drives for them. Obviously, it gave Carolina short fields to allow them to work. They weren't very effective on third down, but they didn't have to be because they were pretty much always in scoring position. That turned into some really easy scoring opportunities, and they ended up scoring 13 points off of turnovers in this game, and you just can't expect to win football games in the NFL when you're turning the ball over that many times and giving up that many points as a result. With all that being said, the Chargers were actually able to score and get the ball back with about a minute and 46 seconds left on the clock. And even after a punt was down inside the one yard line and the Chargers had to go 99 yards to be able to score and take the win in this game, they did an admirable job of, of getting themselves in position to win. Justin Herbert got his team down to the 28-yard line with just a few seconds left on the clock, set up a, a beautiful play where he hit Keenan Allen over the middle about the 14-yard line. Keenan Allen was supposed to lateral it back 
to awaiting Austin Eckler, but unfortunately missed the lateral. The Panthers recovered it, and they won the game. And to be quite honest, they didn't really deserve it. Like you said, they had four turnovers in the game, including the fumble from Keenan Allen to Austin Eckler. But yeah, he probably would have walked in for a touchdown with no time remaining, and the Chargers would have had a walk-off win for their first win at SoFi Stadium. But too many plays that hurt them. Justin Herbert having a controversial strip sack in the first half where it looked like his arm was coming forward. The Carolina Panthers end up getting three points out of that. A pick that almost gets taken back to the house by Justin Herbert that he just truly didn't see the defender there. That turns into another three points right before halftime. They really did the best they could to try to dig themselves out of that hole in the second half. The Chargers defense only gave up three points in that second half. The Chargers offense Almost came through with it, but it was a tough pill for the Chargers fan base to swallow because had they pulled it off, I mean, it would feel a lot different today with that hook and ladder play. But there were some really good individual performers in this game. Justin Herbert's stat line looks pretty good. Keenan Allen goes off. But unfortunately, just as an overall team effort, David, they really gave that game away. When you give your opponent that many opportunities to score, whether they're kicking field goals or not, it's not going to help you. But yes, there were several very good performances in this football game. I think it starts with Justin Herbert. He had he was 35 of 49 for 330 yards and a touchdown with an interception. And that was good for a 71.43 completion percentage. So completing over 70% of his passes, that's phenomenal. And also, Justin Herbert joins Kyler Murray and Cam Newton as the only QBs in NFL history to throw for more than 300-plus yards in his first two NFL games. And then I think you go over to Austin Eckler, and you really love the body of work that he was able to give you. 23 touches, 143 yards from scrimmage, 59 rushing yards, good for almost 5 yards a carry, as well as mixing in 84 receiving yards. And for Austin Eckler, he surpassed Arian Foster for the most receptions by an undrafted running back in his first four seasons in NFL history, and that was 167 receptions. So Austin Eckler, an an incredible feat. Lastly, Keenan Allen had a great game, 132 yards and a touchdown, eclipsing 100 yards for the first time in 16 games. That 15-game drought was the longest of his career. He also surpassed Kellen Winslow for third most receptions in team history with 541. Yeah, Keenan Allen has been great since Justin Herbert took over, and you can tell that connection is definitely there. And The Chargers defense had its moments in this game. Obviously, the field position was such a big part of it. Carolina was dealing with really good field possession because of turnovers all day. And for the Chargers, when you're forced to play this many rookies like they are right now, three turnovers by rookies, including after a big run by Joshua Kelly, who was hit from behind. All of those points off of turnovers. The Chargers found some building block moments to teach Justin Herbert some things From this game, I think you can still be encouraged by his play, but the Chargers are going to have to start sealing some of these games away and playing much better football because if they don't, it's going to be a very long season. But we do have two more segments to get into because we have to get into our game recap going over the biggest plays from the game before wrapping up the show with what went right and what went wrong coming up right after this. But first, this episode is also brought to you by CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends over at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. 
CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support when you need it most. Right now, all you guys have to do to make your life easier is to go to cbdmd.com and you can use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL, all caps, for 25% off your first purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. All right, well, it's time to get into the game recap from this one, and there were a ton of crazy plays in this game. The Chargers, who really struggled to get their footing early, had some very exciting plays throughout the game, but just couldn't convert them all into good things for the Chargers. But the game started on the first drive. It really got off to a rocky start when Keenan Allen caught a pass along the sidelines and instantly got it knocked out of his hands by the defender. The Chargers end up getting a sack on third down or giving up a sack, I should play, for 11 yards. And after only 34 yards on the punt, after the return, the Panthers already are on in in really good field position, starting on the Chargers' side of the field. And after getting two first downs with just throws on first down, which was a theme for the Panthers' offense all day, they go up 3-0. And on the next drive, the controversy and the officiating really started to ruffle the feathers of Chargers fans because Justin Herbert, as he dropped back on his second drive, ends up getting stripped of the ball. They end up going back and reviewing it. It looked to me as if the hand, the arm was going forward and then it got knocked out on its way forward, but it was a very close play. The Panthers take it over again and end up getting a field goal out of it. The Chargers defense really didn't do terribly on the first couple of drives just because of the position they were put in, but there was definitely some easy receptions over the middle. But bend but don't break is what they ended up doing. And then on the Chargers third drive offensively, they finally break through. They have a 10-play, 75-yard drive, which ends in an 11-yard miracle touchdown by Austin Eckler to make it 7-6. But it was really a couple of plays on that drive that really boosted them. John Herbert has a nice throw to Hunter Henry for 16 yards on a third and two, continuing to convert on third downs. And Austin Eckler had a really nice screen pass where he just had a convoy of offensive linemen taking him or escorting him down the field. And you need more drives like that. And that one was really nice, and the Chargers actually convert in the red zone. Well, as I've mentioned before, this is the type of offense the team is built for. You're not an explosive, big play down the field, like a Mike Williams-type play offense. The Mike Williams-type plays that we want to see are set up by this kind of drives. Screen passes, running the ball, finding the tight end, moving down the field slowly. These are the drives this offense is meant for. And you see it every single week. We've had at least a few of these kind of drives already, and you see the offense flourish with these drives. Why we keep doing weird plays like going deep a lot of times or just running the ball up the middle twice and then trying to do a hook route to somebody. I don't know why we set up these plays, but on this drive, the play calling was really good. The first few drives, you could obviously see a lack of making the plays flow. But on this drive, it flowed really well, and the plays were great. But Austin Eckler, man, how did he make all those guys? Not, I don't know. How did he? How did he do that? I'm still like puzzled. Like that, the smallest guy in the field is getting past all these Panthers defenders who were flying all over the field in this game, like ready to hit, ready to tackle, and he's just going past them all, making them miss. Like arm tackles everywhere. It was a beautiful play by Eckler. You you cannot give this guy enough credit. The undrafted free agent is making all the plays for this offense right now after everyone kept saying he can't be the number one back me included and yet he's proven us wrong he's putting on a damn clinic man on how to make people miss in the open field like just making people look 
stupid. I mean, Western State Colorado, Austin Eckler has turned into one of just simply one of the best running backs in the NFL. Yeah, and he doesn't do it really in the traditional manner. I mean, he definitely has some flourish to him, but great great patience on that drive. And, I mean, it really paid off for him there. There was guys flying all around him just on that play, and he really seemingly didn't even really get touched. A little, you know, hesitation move. It was absolutely beautiful. And the Chargers break through and take the lead. So right now, you know, if you can cut off the mistakes you had early on the game, you're in a really good spot. But on the next drive, on the first play of the next drive for the Panthers, they break off a 25-yard run by Mike Davis. Really, the only great run Mike Davis had for the entire game. I mean, that was the big chunk. But once again, they get into the Chargers' side of the field. On third and two, Joey Bosa ends up forcing a field goal attempt. They were really threatening close to the Chargers end zone and Joey Bosa gets a really nice tackle for loss and makes them settle for another field goal to make the score at nine to seven but the Chargers mistakes continued on the next drive because finally the Chargers get you know some more chunk plays in the running game where Josh Kelly breaks off a really nice run he ended up I think doing a trying to do a little bit too much with it he slows down as he's trying to make some moves on defenders in front of him a defender behind him ends up knocking the ball out of his hands and once again the Panthers get it set up in very very good field position where they have to force another field goal I mean this was something that really was a theme all day but on this one of course on the field goal attempt the Carolina Panthers make it but the Chargers line up in an illegal position they have somebody lined up over the center and of course you give them a free first down which some of the Chargers defense has been doing offsides or in this case scenario leading to four points for the other team. Because, of course, on the next play, it's a 15-yard screen pass or 13-yard screen pass for the Panthers, and they go right into the end zone. And, oh, my gosh, you talk about mistakes on the day. It doesn't often come back to bite you that quickly, a four-point swing that was absolutely brutal for the Chargers, and then they were down 15-7. to On the Chargers' next drive, it goes from bad to worse because the total drive gets derailed. Justin Herbert finds Mike Williams on a 45-yard deep ball, but it gets called back on a terrible offensive pass interference call. I mean, one of the worst ones I've seen. There was almost no contact. The defensive back trips over himself. We finally see the Justin Herbert-Mike Williams connection, and it gets called back with an offensive pass interference. What ends up happening, Justin Herbert still gets down, you know, to the other side of the field. Looks like he has the Chargers, you know, ready to go score, get some points before halftime instead. He ends up not seeing a defender at all while trying to target Keenan Allen. He throws an interception and it gets almost taken back to the house. But Justin Herbert ends up making a touchdown saving tackle on that play. And the Carolina Panthers end up having to settle for a field goal. But just about everything went wrong for the Chargers in the first half. And it was really, you know, embodied by that last play. You have a promising drive, David. You throw an interception and now it's 18 to 7 going into half just because of your mistakes. I mean, thank God the Carolina Panthers are absolutely god-awful in the red zone or else this would have been a blowout at halftime. I mean, they had so many opportunities and they just kicked field goal after field goal after field goal. Thankfully, the Chargers defense got stiff, you know, when it really mattered. But, man, not a very good half of football at all. I mean, I remember going into halftime, I was like, hey, if I'm Anthony Lynn, I'm jumping down all these players' throats because that was a really, really ugly half of football. And the Chargers defense came out to play in the second half. The offense started slow once again, going five plays, 16 yards on a punt after receiving the ball at halftime. That was a huge opportunity to really get yourself back in the game. And the drive fizzles out 
on an incompletion. But the Chargers defense forces the Panthers to go three and out on both of their first drives. And on the Chargers' second drive of the half, they have a really promising drive, John, that turns into a disaster trick play. The Chargers go for some sort of reverse play with Mike Williams, and you end up losing 18 yards. You start at Carolina 38, and then you go back onto your own side of the field. I mean, that play was an absolute disaster, and this Chargers coaching staff seems to always dial these plays up at the wrong time. Yeah, I don't know where they thought that reverse would fit in. Usually you run a reverse when teams are crashing in on your running back. If you've been running running plays the whole game, and the ends and the linebackers and everybody is crushing down on the middle, you usually run the reverse because you capture everyone in the middle and the outside is open for the receiver. But the Panthers in this game were shooting up the field all the time. So if you try to run the reverse, the guys are already up the field ready to hit your wide receiver. I didn't understand where the mindset for that play call came exactly. So, and I, I don't know which one of you guys it was that made the post on the Locked On Twitter that said those plays never work for the Chargers. Oh, yeah, it, is, it is so true, though. Every Melvin time Gordon say, gets hurt against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. On when you're already up by a ton late in the game, and they try to do something like that. I don't know if you remember that one. Oh, I remember that one. I was at that game. I remember yeah. it completely. But it's just so true. When we ask for these kind of plays, and they always run it at the wrong time, and it always fails against us. I mean, at the end of the game, we finally run a good one, and it failed still. Yeah, it did, and it derailed that drive. It turns it into a punt. On the Chargers' next drive, they go 10 plays, 37 yards, and get a field goal to make it 18-10. to 10. The big plays on that drive were, Keen, uh, were Justin Herbert finding Keenan Allen for 22 yards. And also a good play, that's something that John will talk about later, Justin Herbert escaping the pocket, rolling out to the right, and finding Jalen Guyton for a nice 16-yard catch. Definitely the best catch of Jalen Guyton's career as far as him using his hands and making a really nice catch. But the drive got derailed by a penalty. Once again, Dan Feeney had a hands to the face to make it second in goal from the 20, which absolutely, which was brutal on that drive. And you could tell right there the Chargers coaching staff wasn't going to let Herbert you know, turn it loose after that turnover earlier on in the game. But on the Panthers' next drive, they get burnt early. The Chargers' defense does, and it's Michael Davis. I don't know what he was doing on the play. Let's DJ Moore run right past him and then kind of you know, realizes what he does and, you know, chases him down eventually. But a huge play changes all the field position, all the field position once again. And it was just, I don't know how that happens if you're the Chargers defense right there. End up giving up a field goal to make it 21 to 10. Joey Bosa had it offsides that gave him a free first down on that drive. But the Chargers were still in it. And on their fourth drive, they break through again offensively when they really needed it. The Chargers go 16 plays, 75 yards, and then, and get a touchdown. Justin Herbert gets hit on a throw and has to be looked at early on in the drive. We thought we were going to see Easton stick on a crucial third and four, but the Chargers ended up having to burn a timeout on that play. I know that you know Zach was definitely hoping that Easton stick got in on that play, but the Chargers ended up using a timeout. That really could have helped them later, but I understand the decision there. Herbert ends up getting four third down conversions on this drive, David. Three passes and one run for a first down. And the last of those third down conversions was Herbert throwing an absolute missile into the back of the end zone on third and fourteen, third and goal from the 14-yard line. I mean, you're not be, supposed to be able to convert that into a touchdown. And that was an absolutely beautiful play by the Chargers there, a beautiful throw and a beautiful catch. Absolutely, man. I mean, it's those type of plays right there when you, you see Justin Herbert just – 
throw a absolute laser beam to Keenan Allen in the end zone. I mean, the first thought you're like, oh man, please, please don't let this penalty be against the Chargers. You're like, I just don't, I don't want to see this get taken away. I mean, one of the big things for Keenan Allen too, just himself is in his career, he just hasn't gotten that many touchdowns. So to see him get a touchdown early on in, in the season is really nice, really encouraging. To see the rapport that him and Justin Herbert have already formulated seems like it's going to be beneficial for both of these guys, and I'm really excited to see what that looks like going forward. But, man, what a great throw and catch. Just a really nice play overall. It was really Aaron Rodgers-esque, really. I mean, Herbert knew that was an offside, and he went for the end zone, just like Aaron Rodgers usually does in major, major play. Just a dime of a throw on a penalty that you knew, hey, if it's intercepted, I still have the ball. When a touchdown doesn't really – or yeah, and a field goal doesn't do anything for you right there, really. I mean, you really needed that touchdown. And then you needed a two-point conversion. The Chargers had it in the end zone. Keenan Allen gets a little wide receiver screen pass. He can't hold on to it as he crosses the goal line. Bang, bang play, but you need him to catch that. I mean, after making a terrific catch, he drops a – an easier catch on the screen pass that definitely hurt and made it so the Chargers would have to get a touchdown to win this game. You know, there was no tie opportunity at that point. And then on the next drive with the Carolina Panthers trying to put the game away, the, the Chargers ended up on the first play giving up another pass, a 27 yarder this time to DJ Moore. The Panthers did this all day with the Chargers throwing on first down when they thought they were going to run on the third play of that drive, another pass for a first down where it was Michael Mike Davis out of the backfield. You had Denzel Perryman and Michael Davis on that side in coverage, and nobody can make the tackle. That was a pretty bad sequence for the Chargers to start, but Joey Bosa ends up bailing him out. After that, he ends up sacking Teddy Bridgewater to get the Chargers' first sack of the day, and it actually knocks them out of field goal range too, which was a huge play in the game, but the Chargers did have to use all of their timeouts at that point, so they were getting the ball back with no timeouts to use on that final drive, and this was a weird sequence because the Panthers end up punting it to the one-yard line. The long snapper for the Panthers ends up grabbing it and then running a couple steps and throwing it backwards as he was going into the end zone. This starts a hot potato sequence like you've never seen in that situation. They end up calling it a touchback because one of the hot potato receivers ended up in the end zone. But after they review the play, they say that he had full control as he was threw the ball willingly backwards. It was whatever, but a huge play against the Chargers. So Justin Herbert was going to have to lead a 99-yard touchdown drive on his in his second start to win the game. And the Chargers ended up coming pretty close. Their time management on the drive was not good. The first play ends up getting dropped, and then they spent the next two plays going short passes to make sure they got the first first down of the drive. And then after that, they end up making a, finally some chunk plays after they get a little bit lucky. Justin Herbert avoids a sack and ends up getting a face mask against the defense, finds Austin Eckler. That ended up being a 35-yard net gain for them. After that, he gets a 20-plus yard pass to Keenan Allen, getting them to a realistic shot of being able to put a couple of shots into the end zone. Keenan Allen has a one-on-one -on -one situation with Trey Boston in the end zone that ends up incomplete, but the last play of the game is the one we have to talk about because the Chargers draw up a hook and ladder play. Keenan Allen makes the catch. Justin Herbert makes another dime of a throw under pressure, puts it right where he needs to. They try to pitch it to Austin Eckler exactly like they tried to do before halftime in their other game when it ended up actually the same exact way for the most part. But Austin Eckler can't control it, John, and he would have walked right into the end zone. And imagine the show would be doing if the Chargers had somehow pulled that off. 
the play was drawn up beautifully. The whole entire defense was chasing Keenan Allen yep. as he caught that ball. They all flowed with Keenan Allen. All Austin Eckler had to do was catch it and run to the pylon, and he would have walked in easily. He probably could have walked to the goal line, stopped, sent a text message, took a selfie, and then walked in. It was that wide open. I just don't get this. This team just can't convert trick plays. Another yeah. fumbled trick play lateral. It just never comes together. And out of the whole Anthony Lynn era, this was probably easily top two drawn up play in Anthony Lynn's tenure with the Chargers with the Mike Williams two point conversion against the Chiefs a couple yeah. of years ago being the other one. But such a great drawn up play. And we should if we could have just executed it, we'd probably all be at the top of a mountain right now, drunk doing this show, just celebrating all this. It would have been one of the most miraculous finishes to a Chargers game ever. I mean, in their history. And it's just crazy how close they were to pulling it off. against the Steelers game. Yeah, I mean, obviously that was, you know, implications were a little bit more important. But, I mean, in this game, ugh, it's so close to pulling that off. And I think it's a little bit, could have been a better pitch. Austin Eckley probably still should have gotten it, but that defense 100% bit on the bait, and they were not in the position to tackle a guy like Austin Eckler. And, and oh, it's just crazy because, you know, this, the outlook of the entire game looks different in that scenario. But Justin Herbert, with the game on the line, those last two drives look pretty damn impressive. But we'll save the rest of that for what went right and what went wrong which we're going to get into right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet, and I'm talking about Built Bars. Built Bars are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they have 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors like cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and carrot cake. All Built Bars are 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And right now, we have a special offer for our listeners. You guys can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. And all you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, and you'll get $10 off your next order with promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, well, it's time to get in what we do every week, and that is what went right and what went wrong. And as we usually do, we're going to start with what went wrong in this game. And it is a loss, and obviously a lot went wrong for the Chargers, all a turnover, some of the just bonehead plays that we saw in this game and them shooting themselves in their foot. But, of course, we start with our expert on all things wrong, and that is John Kegley. So, John, what were the biggest things that went wrong for you in Sunday's loss to the Carolina Panthers? Well, you already mentioned the bonehead plays, the fumbles and stuff like that, the penalties. But I'm going to go with something that needs to be addressed that is a teachable moment for Herbert, and that is got to learn how to adjust to the pocket. There was so many times that he either did get hit in the arm and fumbled the ball or came really close, even the one where he pulled the ball back and then threw it for a first down. It was the same thing over and over again. The Panthers were shooting up the field and coming really close to hitting him. But it always created a lane to escape the pocket, and he never took that opportunity. He rarely took the opportunity, I should say, because there were times he actually escaped the pocket. But you could have extended a lot of plays. Even on the final drive, you could have extended the play and got balls that were either thrown out of bounds or plays that were completed and out of bounds instead of sitting there almost getting the ball hit out of your hand 
ankle putting a pass in the middle of the field and running the whole clock down. I feel like he's got to have a better pocket presence. I thought his pocket presence actually got better throughout the game. Obviously, he has the strip sack early on. But, I mean, there was a lot of plays open to him over the middle. He stepped up a few times and made some really good throws. But there's definitely big plays to be had out there on the edge. And that is one way to test a defense you know, get them running all to the same side of the field, but sometimes can limit your options if you're cutting off the other half of the field. But, I mean, out of all the things that went wrong in this game, and there's plenty to look at, I mean, the turnovers have to be the story of the game. The one thing Anthony Lynn doesn't ever want to talk about, and the fourth one is the fumble on the hook and ladder play that didn't really affect the game outside of the fact that the Chargers could have won the game right there, but... So many turnovers early in the game put the Chargers in such a deep hole. To me, David, I mean, it's hard enough to be a rookie quarterback starting in this league, but when you dig yourself an 18-6 to halftime deficit, that's just a lot to ask from your team to have to try to come back from in this one. So I thought that the Chargers obviously had a lot that went wrong, but when you lose the turnover margin 4-0, to you're just not going to come out with wins, even if the Chargers you know, probably should have won this game. Absolutely not. I mean, you're not like you're not going to win many football games turning the ball over that many times. I've said it, I said it earlier in the show. I say it again because it's true. I mean, why do you think Anthony Lynn is harps on turnovers so much? It's because most of the time the turnover battle decides football games. For me, what went wrong in this football game was a, a lot of the a lot of what happens because of the turnovers, and that's the short. Uh, short fields for Carolina and the the man, third and manageable situation. It seemed like they were in third and manageable all game long. It seemed the short he was they were in short fields all game long. You're not going to win many games when your opponent has to go half the length of the field instead of having to go 70, 80, 90 yards like the Chargers were doing. So it's just th- that for me were the two things that really really went wrong in this game. And then there's the penalties that make those drives even worse because even if you turn the ball over and they have to kick a long field goal, here comes a offside to make it an easier one or a hands to the face that ruins your own offensive drive. Like just so much bonehead stuff going on in this game. Absolutely. I mean, that's a huge part of this game. And the Chargers defense did really good on some drives of limiting the damage, but I think you definitely saw a very soft spot in the middle of that Chargers defense that, you know, is missing Derwin James, is missing Drew Tranquil. I mean, these are the two of their better coverage guys in the box. I mean, I think that definitely showed up. A lot of passes Missing to Justin the Jones, too. Definitely missing Justin Jones, but I thought they settled in nicely as far as the running game. Justin Jones hasn't really been able to bring a lot pass rushing, but the Chargers pass rush wasn't great in this game either a lot of their defense is built on this pass rush and getting home and you know making the quarterback throw the ball before he wants to we didn't see a ton of that until you know too late in the game but I also thought another thing was the Chargers not committing to the run obviously they got down in this game but only 23 rushing attempts after averaging more than 40 in their first two games part of that is just not putting yourself in the position to where you can run the ball as much as you want to but you, you still have to stay committed to what you think your identity is. And I think that this team kind of lost its identity. And I wondered, you know, the last couple of weeks, what's going to happen when the Chargers end up getting down by a couple of scores? What is this offense going to look like? You know, are they going to stay committed to the run? They didn't in this game, but but they did show some good signs. I mean, when they had to just kind of let Justin Herbert open up a little bit and they kind of had to just trust him to throw the ball at the end of the game. I mean, he moved the ball pretty efficiently, but there were some things that went right in this game. So let's talk about them. I mean, 
to me, David, I think that I was just really impressed by Justin Herbert's poise towards the end of the game and also the connection he had with Keenan Allen. I mean, we saw the first week with Tyrod Taylor, which is such a small sample size, Keenan Allen go four for 37. And in the last two games with Justin Herbert at quarterback, Keenan Allen has, like I think, 23 receptions, a ton of yards in those games. But in those last couple of drives, Justin Herbert had the game on the line again, and he was still out there making poison. At the end of the day, he still had his team in a position where they could have won that game. No question about it. I think what really illustrates that really effectively for you, Daniel, is uh, from PFF, Justin Herbert on third downs against Carolina in week three was 11 of 12 um, for 103 yards and a touchdown. So I think that just goes to show you how Justin Herbert was performing on third downs and in the critical moments of the game. He performed exceptionally well. It seemed like, like you said earlier, you felt really comfortable when the ball was in Justin Herbert's hands on third down. You felt like he was going to convert, and more often than not, he did. For me in this game, Keenan Allen, was it was great to see him have a big game. It's been a long time since he's been over 100 yards. Also, Austin Eckler, just, I talked about his, elusive, his elusiveness earlier. It just felt like it was on full display in this game. He was absolutely everywhere, and... I know, John, you said that his pocket presence wasn't great, but I actually felt that it was really good, especially, Daniel, you said it got better in the game. I felt like his pocket presence was what allowed him to make more throws and make more plays and just love seeing him out in mobile. I think I want to see more of that in the offense. Him extending plays with his feet, it looks really good. I think John wants to see the same thing. He wants to see him get out there too. But there were some times where you could just see him sliding away from that outside rusher to make the throw, I thought was encouraging. But, John, I know there is a ton of negatives in this game. What positives are you able to draw out of a game like this? Oh, God, that's a, that's a tough question there, Wade. I mean, you got to put me on the spot now to actually think of something that was positive. I mean, uh, it's called what uh, went right and what went wrong, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say I I thought you Shannon Nwosu filled in pretty well. He was getting in there lots of times. I know a lot of guys didn't hit home pretty well, but at the same time, Teddy Bridgewater was firing the ball up pretty quick as well. But Uchenna was flying in there. He was flying up that field so many times. I feel encouraged that when Melvin Ingram does leave this team, we already have the future on that side to go with Joey Bosa on the other side. And with Justin Jones being gone, I felt the defensive line filled in pretty well. They slowly adjusted, and adjustments were pretty decent in this game as well. It was The game was basically lost on turnovers and penalties, but you could just see that the team slowly but surely was adjusting to the game. Even Herbert was adjusting to the game, and that was something that was big for me because after week one, you had tape on Tyrod Taylor. Week two, you're ready for Tyrod Taylor if you're the Chiefs, but here comes Justin Herbert. You're not really ready for that. Now, with the Panthers, you have tape on both quarterbacks, and Herbert's already been said to start, so you got to prepare for him. Now it was time to see what Herbert could do when someone knows what you can do and what your weaknesses look to be on tape. And Herbert adjusted a lot to that, and I think that's a really positive thing. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, even in the what went wrong section, there wasn't enough time for us to get into some of the coaching mistakes and things like that. But this team looked woefully ill-prepared at times, and they almost got bailed out by Justin Herbert in this game. Yeah, he might have helped to dig some of that hole. Obviously, you know, the turnovers, it's hard to blame him for the first one, but the second one was a really bad turnover. But I was really 
blown away by the support of Justin Herbert, even after such a really bad turnover. You know, I put it out on the Chargers Twitter page. I put it out on Twitter for our Locked On account and just said, you know, who's jumping off the Justin Herbert bandwagon? And everyone, even at the moment, after a really bad play, was still like, hey, you know, let the kid play. And I think we all knew that if you're going to play Herbert, you're going to have to live with those mistakes. Like, And for me, having not expected a Super Bowl this season, I'm fully willing to live with those mistakes. I mean, there's so many teachable moments in these games, but you can't teach some of the things that you saw from Justin Herbert. That throw in the back of the end zone to Keenan Allen was one of a kind. I mean, you just don't see that throw. And with that being said, I mean, I don't think any of us are really expecting a Super Bowl out of this team. This is a way to tank a season without actually tanking it. Like, there's teams that just say, screw it, just put whatever's out there. If we go 1-15, we go 1-15. In this case, you are putting you can put Herbert out there and let him adjust throughout the season. And if he makes some mistakes that cost you games, you weren't expecting much this year anyway, but you're improving your future at the same time. So I agree with that. Like, whatever you get with Herbert this year, it's going to be growing and it's going to be just growing pains, really. That's the best way to say it. It's going to be growing pains. It's going to be teachable totally. moments. And you have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with the hard losses, the tough mistakes, the things you're going to go, why would you do that? But in the next like two or three years, he's all of a sudden going to be this guy that you go, that's my quarterback. Look at the plays he's making. He's top five in passing yards every year or something like that. It's just such invaluable experience. I mean, in two weeks, Justin Herbert has gotten to go, you know, to overtime with the reigning Super Bowl champs and be right in the game and also lead his team on a 99-yard game-winning touchdown drive after getting another touchdown the drive before that really kept them in this game on third and goal from the 14. I mean, 11 of 12 on third downs, you just don't see that out of rookie quarterbacks. Obviously, there's some bad but you weren't even supposed to know what Justin Herbert looked like until 2021. And now you know going into that season, which is when he was supposed to take over this job, you've already seen some of these things that make you really excited for the future. I mean, we all expect Justin Herbert to grow. We all expect him to get better and fix some of these mistakes. And I think a lot of these mistakes are fixable. So I think that's the most encouraging thing from Justin Herbert. And so far, he just looks like a gamer. Like, he just... On third down, doesn't seem like any moment is too big for him. Those are such encouraging things to see from a young quarterback like this. And it's hard to take moral victories away from this game. The Chargers absolutely gave this game away. But I think you still come out of it very encouraged in what the Chargers have in number 10 at quarterback. And even if they tank this season with Justin Herbert out there, I still, to this day, think that he's the best option for this team to win games. I mean, the Chargers offense has been so stagnant, even with Phillip Rivers seeing three and outs and things like that. Justin Herbert has three, three and outs through two games. That's nothing. Tyrod Taylor had four in his first game. So much to be excited about. Not to, you know, lay it on Tyrod at this point, but I still think Justin Herbert gives this team the best chance to win, even if it comes with some rookie mistakes. But we'll have a bunch more to talk about tomorrow. We'll get more into this game, get some fan reactions to this game on the voicemail. I've already got a few different voicemails we have to get into to hear your guys' reactions for that show. But that is going to do it for us today. Until tomorrow, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC and to like the Facebook page, Lockdown Chargers, as well as subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Lockdown Chargers podcast there. If you guys want to get your voices on the show, the number is 323-524-7924 for the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line. We'll be doing some of those tomorrow. We're getting really good support from you guys there. But we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.